0: Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to Oil & Gas Onshore, where I am on a relentless pursuit to bring value, unity, and information to the energy industry one conversation at a time. So sit back, relax, and remember that even this very device you're listening on requires some form of hydrocarbon. This episode is brought to you by our new sponsor for the Oil & Gas Onshore podcast, a big shout out to Technip FMC, a company who truly represents the future of the oil and gas industry. Hey, everyone. Look, not only do you get awesome weekly content by listening, now you've got a chance to win some serious swag brought to you by Technip FMC. Each week, one lucky listener will win a bundle of gear, which includes everything I'm about to list. Seriously, everything. An audio duffel bag, a Yeti tumbler, an executive power bank power charger, a Columbia Net Gator, and a set of ACEPods 2.0, which are the true wireless Bluetooth earbuds. All you got to do is click the link in the show notes and enter your information to win. Simple. Now go get your swag on. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm here with Mike Siraco, co-founder at Blueprinted. Firstly, Mike, a big shout out to Mike Morowski because he made the intro after I had him on the show a few weeks back. And so I'm curious, right out of the gate, how do you know Mike?
1: You know, I'm not sure. I have a lot of different things in the works as far, not in the works, but in the fire Yeah, yeah. For reach outs and connections. I mean, I just set up this big network builder and Okay. I have, I have VAs, I have some agencies, I have my, my own reach out. So I'm not really sure where I met him. We just met and did a podcast exchange and yeah, it was good. Good, so.
0: good, good. Well, so for the audience who hasn't ran into C-Rock over social media or have come across the what are you made of movement, C-Rock is a CEO of people building in the powerhouse behind what are you made of movement and the author of rocket fuel convert setbacks and become unstoppable mike i'm excited to dive into this for the audience you know you may be wondering you know what this is typically energy and oil and gas related but i think a lot of what we're going to talk about and and a lot of what Sea rocks doing can relate to anybody and so that's what was exciting to have you on for me so you know first and foremost i mean where are you joining us from today because it's not houston i don't think
1: no it's ocean city maryland right here on the beach no, it's a great place in the summertime. The wintertime it's a lot slower and hardly any people around, but yeah, the weather's not as good. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good place, man. I hear you, man. Are you from there? Where are you from? Yeah, I'm from outside of Philly originally. And then I moved it seems like I've migrated south further, further south as I've gotten older. So yeah, I grew up outside of Philly and then high school in northeastern Maryland and then settled here at the beach.
0: Nice. I'm envious. I'm by the beach, but the Gulf of Mexico is not probably like the water you're familiar with. And I can relate to you on the older you get, the further south you go. Because I'm originally from Western Canada. You know, I always, for folks in Canada, we spend a lot of money in the winter time to get to places like Mexico where it's nice and sunny and hot. And so I said, I'm done with this heat stuff. I said, if I can get into a career that'll bring me as close to the equator as possible, I'm down. So I got into oil and gas. And then, you know, one thing led to the other. My wife and I moved from there. We actually lived in Pittsburgh for a year. So I lived downtown Pittsburgh for shoot back in 2010, bounced around Denver. And now I'm here in Houston. But so I kind of, you know, ping ponged my way as close as I could get to the equator and, and the Gulf of Mexico is where it stopped here in the US. So yeah, that's where I landed. But are you a big water fan? Do you enjoy the water?
1: Yeah. I mean, I like to look, I like to be at the beach and Go on boats, but I don't like to drive boats and worry about all the the upkeep. So I like to go on other people's boats, right? And you know, and I love I love being in Florida as well. I love southeastern Florida. I go there quite often. So yeah, no, I'm definitely a water person. I want to be by the water.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, growing up again, I'm so from close to Vancouver. I don't know if you've been to Western Canada, but there's the Okanagan Valley and it's all freshwater lakes, mountains. And so I grew up wakeboarding you know, snowboarding, skiing, stuff like that. And so down here in Houston, it doesn't really offer that up, but you know, hopefully, I mean, that's funny because really why I got into what I'm doing is to make enough money to get back to a place like that, where I can spend money on all the toys. Cause if you go there and you don't have a good enough job, you can't take advantage of all the finer things in life. So, right. you know, sometimes you got to take big steps to get to where you want to be. And But nonetheless, before we keep going, I do want to highlight some fascinating technology provided by our sponsor, Technip FMC. Their new and integrated iComplete system is digitally enabled and delivers efficiency benefits by dramatically reducing components and connections while simultaneously providing real-time data to operators about the WellPad operations. Technip FMC is continuing to push the limits in order to achieve full frack automation. To discover more, please click the link in the show notes, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll point you in the right direction. Also, it's nice to see that COVID is slowly coming to an end now. However, Delta's sort of creeping up on us, but we're still doing the monthly happy hours here in Houston. So check out OGGN.com for more details on all our events coming up. Also, please make sure to look at OGGN and all the other podcasts. We have a ton of new podcasts covering everything from new technology, ESG, leadership, anything to do with energy, and even things outside of energy. So uh, for all the listeners, if you want more content, check them out. Again, so... I'm curious, Mike. I mean, you, you're obviously in a lot. You're probably you're engaging, you're networking, you're in front of a lot of people, but I'm curious, how are you innovating this year? And then whether that's business, marketing, technology, personal branding, like what's the biggest thing that you're focusing on right now?
1: Yeah. I've been in the real estate mortgage world for a long time now, since 2005 and building a team and scaling it out. And a couple of years ago, I just started feeling like there was something more and I wasn't playing a big enough game. And I started on this journey of podcasting, writing a book, speaking, just influencing and what have you. And then even to this year, it's still innovating into something else, which we actually got into, got into tech. And what I mean by that is we have a tech product that we're launching here in August. It's called Blueprinted, B-L-O-O, printed instead of B-L-U-E, B-L-O-O, yeah, yeah. that. And then also we've have an incubator started with Grant Cardone and 10X Movement And Tech Incubator, where we're trying to launch 10,000 tech companies in 10 years Wow! off of napkin ideas from non-tech entrepreneurs and also help fund those and launch them and scale them and hopefully exit. So yeah, I'm definitely into, you talk about innovation, something new over the past year that I never thought about being in, but I see the the path clear as day now.
0: Yeah. No, good for you. And it it sounds like you put thought into action and I mean doing what you're doing that that that's a cool concept. You said 10,000 startups in 10 years, is that right?
1: That's the mission that we're all on. Yeah, and I I had no idea like how to do that and my partner <laughs> Jared Dillon who came up with the idea, my co-founder and Blueprinted, I had no idea, but then we started thinking and once you start committing to something the how starts to appear. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Grant Cardone or not, the 10X movement.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I follow him on there. Instagram. There's obviously he's made a huge <laughs> splash in the in the water,
1: if you will. Yeah. So when this idea came to his his plate, his eyes got real big, because he's all about making an impact and obviously being rewarded for it. But who better than to join in on the team to go after ten thousand tech companies?
0: He's the goat in many ways, and it's cool to see what he's doing. So yeah, I mean, huge congrats to you being able to partner to team up with with a gentleman like that. Obviously, that's you can leverage that, and, and I'm sure. Doing business and and working with someone like that is just a fascinating opportunity. So, Mike, looking back through your LinkedIn, a good chunk of your career was spent in the finance space as a branch manager at Universal Mortgage, now Nations Lending, I think. And then you took a pivot and you mentioned you, you started a podcasting thing, but like kind of walk through, you know. You're at the bank doing your thing to think like, okay, there's there's more to this, and, and maybe I can offer more to the ecosystem. What made you make that pivot, and how would you encourage others to make that jump? Because it's for a lot of people, it's fear of judgment from others and all that kind of stuff. But but walk walk us through kind of the mindset that you had doing that.
1: Yeah, you know, I've always been a grinder, and you know, I could always promote and profit, but I never was really good at processes. And, you know, I started thinking to myself, I'm, I'm adding people before I add processes to our work. And there's something, something off here because I was a people builder. I would build people, but I wouldn't put, put them in the right spot to have the right processes. So I got to the point where I felt like I was grinding all the time and hitting a ceiling. We were just like hitting a cap or working way too hard, way too hard and grinding way too hard for the results that we were getting. And so I just had, you know, when this happens, anybody that goes through something, you'll have this feeling like something's not quite right. You'll get anxious. You'll you'll just know something's off. When that happens, it's very important to assess where you are, where you've been and what you're doing and try to really analyze what you're capable of. Try to figure out, you know, am I in the right position here? Am I in the right game? Am I playing too small? And I started analyzing these things. And a couple of years ago, and I was like, you know, I'm not playing a big enough game. I have so much potential inside of me. I don't even know what that limit is on that potential. And I'm unstoppable to anything I set my mind to. So why not set my mind to something higher? And so I just started feeling this itch, so to speak. And I went after it and I started hanging around people that are doing big things, started just getting in the right rooms. And because generally, if you're not where you want to be or or not accomplishing the things you want to accomplish, it's because you don't know something. The people that are doing it and you're seeing them do it, they know something you don't know. So it's time to go searching and go find it. And I've been on this seeking journey for the last, I would say, three years. And when I soak stuff in, I try to implement as fast as possible. And what that's done is elevated me beyond where I was before and beyond where I could probably have ever imagined. And I'm just getting started with this because my true impact though, Jacob, just or Justin, I'm sorry, just so you know. yeah is I want to create a world where people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And in order to do that, I got to do things that all go into that mission. You know, whether it's when I speak, when I think, when I act, or when I create a tech product, you know, creating a tech product that helps people become unstoppable at what they want to do.
0: Right. So what's the why then behind it? Because you see a lot of people out there trying to, you know, help and motivate and lead. And a lot of it's monetarily driven, but I sense a true passion behind what you're doing. And so I'm curious, like what peeling back the onion a little bit, like, like, if you accomplish that and and help others, and it's all good, then what, you know what I mean? So like, what's the underlying passion and why to the movement?
1: Yeah, so I came from a broken home. I don't remember my parents together. And I grew up around a lot of broken people, a lot of drug addicts, alcohol problems, anxiety, depression, people that are on the medicine for those things, overdosing, suicide, I can name it all. And then, which also led to abuse being an abusive situation. You know, when I was eight, I was living with my mom and she was getting ready to go into her third marriage. And I was doing the every other weekend thing with my dad. the most conflict. I remember about child support, custody, different things like that. And then when you throw step parents into the mix and their agendas, everything gets convoluted and it gets poured out onto the kids. So, you know, I decided at that time when my mom was moving on to her third marriage that I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to move into another man's house, learn another man's rules. So I decided to try my dad's house out and I broke my mom's heart. I later found out and she let me go. And I went to my dad's who has moved on to his second marriage. And for three years, it was very, you know, chaotic. There was a lot of conflict going on between the parents and step parents. A lot of things were said and taken out on me and the other kids. And I went through a lot of verbal and mental abuse. You know, things were said and I heard things and saw things that led to me sleeping with my baseball bat at night when I was nine years old because I was afraid of what I've heard heard and saw. And at some point, you know, during that time, I thought that that was ordinary. I thought that that's what was supposed to happen. I didn't know any different. But later on, I started going to my friends' houses and I started seeing Happy families and together families, and I realized, man, I'm not in the right situation here. Something's not right, you know. And and it's just like what I talked about earlier. You see people that have something that you want, they know something you don't know. And so I started searching and figuring out things, and I realized it wasn't ordinary. So I started to speak up about what was going on. And my mom decided to file court papers to get me back to her house. And she reminded me that the court thing is a serious thing, and I can't leave her out to dry. So I need to stick to my guns with this told me if you believe in something in life, you got to stick to it. You got to believe in it and you got to stick to it because people will try to talk you out of your beliefs, out of your decisions to match their agenda or just to make themselves feel better. So when she was doing that, I just, I remember my dad having the court papers delivered one day. I came home from school. The, the tension in the air was thick as I don't know what. I knew something was up because my dad didn't know that was going on. Mm. And I saw him have these papers in his hand and you know, he told me to go to my room. You know, My dad was my hero. He had real thick forearms and rough hands. He was a Mason. He worked with blocks, brick, poor concrete all the time, real hard worker. And I always looked up to him for that. And he used to carry a lot of money in his pocket, a wad of hundred dollar bills with a rubber band around it. And I thought that was the coolest thing because he used to show us the money. And so I went back to my room that day and he came back with those papers and confronted me about the fact that I wanted to leave his house. And he didn't understand why, because my mom was poor. He told me and. She has men coming in and out of her house every day. She's on her third marriage. And why would you want to put yourself in that position? And, but, you know, my mom was a loving person and she was in, you know, it was a loving household when I was with her, it wasn't where I was in my dad's house. So I just didn't argue with him. I stuck to my guns. I said, I've made my mind up. And he goes, okay, if that's the case, then he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills out of his pocket. He peeled one off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this. Then when you're living on the streets with your mother one day now, I've heard worse, but that was one thing right there where I felt like, what did I do now? (laughs) No kidding. And, you know, and then I also thought like, I ain't going to need that money. (laughs) I'll show you that stubbornness kicked in. Right. So 30 some years, subconsciously, I was driving off of that to show my dad. I'll prove it to you. I'll show you. I'm not going to need that. You're wrong. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, that has elevated me in tough times. And when things got harder or when I didn't feel like it, I would still push through a lot of times because of that. And about three years ago, when I started assessing what was going on in my life, I was going through a business situation that wasn't, you know, I, we lost roughly about a million plus dollars, just over a million dollars. The owner of the company we were working for kind of was doing some unscrupulous things and our money went missing. And you know, I was trying to figure out, okay, this is a pretty big setback here. How have I handled setbacks in the past? How have I handled adversity and, you know, bad things in the past? Because I've always elevated no matter what came my way. I always kept going. I didn't get back to my original form like resilience. I went past it. So I had to identify this and I did. What I found was I was taking Justin everything that would come my way that would slow me down or stop me from going somewhere and I was storing it in my fuel tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down. And, you know, despite what would happen to me, I would be propelled because I would convert things into rocket fuel for my future to become unstoppable. So that was a powerful lesson. That gives you an idea of where I come from. And the why is I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're stopped or slowed down to live in the life of their dreams. It means something to me to help people elevate. And you know, when I'm around people, I either drive greatness out of them or drive them to greatness or drive them away from me. Right. And there's intention behind that because I don't want people that are around me that they're settling and being average and being complacent because it's very contagious.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. And I appreciate the humility for sharing that. And and it's interesting because a lot of people, once you kind of look under the hood or look behind the curtains for people who have achieved greatness or like mass amounts of wealth or, and not all, I mean, obviously there's cases where people have landed into money and, and have continued to grow it, but- it's interesting that a lot of people that have gone through like a serious event or, you know, had like a very troublesome childhood or faced some extreme adversity where their back was against the wall to realize like it's do or die. Like I have nothing to lose. And so I have to just do whatever it takes to survive. And if I can survive this and I can do anything and, and losing a little money in a business deal or losing a girlfriend, I guess, Jack compared to what I've went through. So in a day and age where, a lot of the youth and a lot of people are protected because of fear that adversity might hurt or people are maybe sensitive to some things. How do you, I guess, like teach that grit and that sort of that mindset that you've developed due to these events, arguably, how do you overcome that? And how do you, what's your message to folks that are like, they've had it easy. They had a decent childhood, but they're maybe not, you know, they want so much more, but society has told them, go to school, go to college working nine to five, go do, you know what I mean? But people are like, there's so much more out there. And then you got dudes like Cardone and everyone else out on social media, just, you know, balling out of control and, and doing this, doing that. Like, what's your message? And how do you think as a society in general, do we overcome that?
1: Well, first of all, the journey to success is often invisible. And you'll hear people that have made it say, well, you think I'm an overnight success. You didn't see, you weren't there when all the other stuff was going on and you didn't see this and you didn't see that. And the reason they didn't see it is because you didn't show it to them. Right. Most more embarrassed to share what they're going through on the come up. They're worried about what people think too much. My mission, when I started this, I said on one of the first episodes I did on my show was that I want to share the trans- and be transparent with the journey. I want to share with people what I'm going through. And so they can see it so that they know it's not an overnight success. They know that the grind that goes into it, the work that goes into it. So to answer your question... First, I have to work on myself and become the best person I could possibly be to try to continuously all day, every day, reach for my potential, never settle. And doing that, I can exemplify what it means and what it takes to be relentless. And my favorite word is inexorable, means unyielding and unable to be stopped. And so exemplifying that and being a role model and understanding every day when I wake up that people are watching me. Right. People's eyes are on me and understanding that I cannot let up. I can't make the decision to stay in bed. I can't make the decision to not work out. I can't make the decision to eat shitty. I can't make the decisions that are going to go against my mission because people are watching me. And so that's how I do it. I exemplify it and it makes some people uncomfortable. And if it's making them uncomfortable, then they really need to do a self-assessment on themselves to see where they're going and where their intentions are. And do they have an idea of where they want to go? And so it puts people in a precarious situation sometimes when they're around that. And by the way, I go hang out with people that have elevated their lives beyond where I am now, whether they're older than me, younger than me, but I'll go hang out with people that have more experience than me, more success than me. And I always feel uncomfortable. I always feel like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing anything yet, (laughs) you know, and it, it makes me feel like shit sometimes. Truthfully, I'll be honest with you, but then I have to realize, okay, wait a minute. I'm not there because I haven't done what they've done to get there yet. I don't say they're lucky. I don't say that they've the deck stacked. I say I haven't done what I need to do yet. You know, I take that 100% responsibility on myself to say, look, you got to figure out you need to know something, you need to put more time in, you need to do something, you need to get more intentional, more clear, you you need something. What is it? And you go searching. Once you ask that question, the answers start to appear. So I hope I answered your question there.
0: Yeah. No, no, you did. That's great. And I can relate to that. And so I'm curious to take a little bit of a pivot now. From a business perspective, you've got a few things going on. You've got the podcast. Now you've been doing it for about a year. Is that right?
1: No, actually fall of 2019. So we're going on two years now.
0: Okay. Awesome, man. What's the biggest lesson you've learned through podcasting? Is anything sort of like your expectations getting into podcasting? And then now you're like, wait, this has kind of changed organically. And and this is something that I was not expecting. I'm I'm curious to hear.
1: Well, first I thought I was starting a show to share my story and just kind of be an influencer thought leader. But then it morphed into something bigger, which became more of a situation where I'd have other people on and share any ingredients that go into their stories. Because as I mentioned, the, the journey to success is often invisible. The ingredients that go into success is often invisible. So I wanted to expose that in a good way. Yeah, bring people on my show that have had success in an area and demonstrate what has gone into making them. And so the biggest lesson I think I've learned is I have the ability to basically have a one-hour coaching session with people that have had success in areas for free, and then also keep that in a library. But not only that, develop relationships from people, with people, where I can serve them and they can serve me, and we can build a big network of just absolutely powerful people. And so that, of course, has led to what I wanted to do with Blueprinted, which is the tech product that we have coming out this month. Blueprinted, basically, if anybody has figured something out and has success in it, whether it's building an Instagram following, maybe they found a path to parenting you know, children and making their children more obedient and respectful. Maybe it's losing 15 pounds in 30 days, flipping homes for 30% margin. You know, maybe it's, you know, whatever they've achieved, there's a blueprint to it and not just a digital video course. I'm not talking about a course, but I'm talking about steps to accomplish it. I wanted to be able to expose that in a good way and allow people that have had that success to be able to monetize off of it. And the people that are searching for that to be able to find it. In other words, like an Amazon or like a Kindle for success blueprints.
0: Wow. That is so cool. And so you said it's going to be launching, right?
1: Yeah. It's in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be launching the MVP. And if you want to keep up to date with that, if you go to blueprinted, that's B-L-O-O, not the usual spelling of blue, B-L-O-O printed.com and put your email address in there. We'll keep you up to date with everything. And we'll also keep you up to date of anybody that wants to be a creator, which we call architects of blueprints. We're going to take the first 500 and we're going to take them and help them, you know, create their blueprints off of their content and help them market. We're going to take videos that they have, and we're going to use our social media platforms and our following to push it out there to market and promote Blueprinted, but also the creators, which we call Architects.
0: Wow. That is fantastic, man. Since starting that, I mean, what's been the biggest challenge you think so far for getting it and deploying it? And was it anything surprising?
1: You know, I really don't think no, I mean, really, it's been everything I've expected so far. You know, everything I do, I plan on it being worse than it's going to be, like harder, <laughs> right? I plan on there's going to be challenges and roadblocks. It has actually morphed into something that's just so phenomenal from the first idea that we had, and I didn't think that we were going to be partnering with Grant Cardone at the time. So, you know, that's just all these things have come up. These are the surprises that have come up. Is when you commit to something and you want to go big, like just to give you an idea with this, like with the impact that I want to have we need to get to 184,000 users as fast as possible. Okay. And if I do that, the impact is going to be enormous. The monetary side, of course, we're in business to make money. And when I make money, I'm going to be able to help more people. Is if I can get to 184,000 users paying $100 a month on average, that creates a billion dollar valuation of this tech company. Nice. And so I just want to encourage everyone. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut one more thing. No, no, the go reason I, The reason I say that is, if you want something, I've never had a billion dollar tech company before. I've never created a billion dollar company. You know, I've been in the millions and multi-millions, but if you want something, you commit to it, and then you reverse engineer the success it's going to take to get there and know your numbers, big things can happen. And, you know, the reason I'm telling people this is because I want to put it on the, the record that this is the way we're approaching this. And the, so that when it happens, people can see like, well, how did that happen for you guys? Did it just happen like this? No, we planned it. <laughs> right. We visualized it.
0: Yep. Yeah yeah no that's so true and it's actually interesting because i mean energy tech right now is something that's that's growing evolving especially in the oil and gas side of things but also on the renewables and utilities and i mean the government's pushing hard on this infrastructure stuff so there's gonna be a lot of opportunity on the energy grid tech side of things and so what a better time to start something like that and again from an energy perspective, but I'm curious. I noticed you got the book in the back of Rocket Fuel, and I think you've you, you've touched on a lot of elements within the book. But can you summarize the book and, and who it's for, or or what people can expect if if they jump on the book?
1: Yeah, and by the way, from the tech thing, have you ever thought of yourself as a tech entrepreneur?
0: I haven't. No.
1: <laughs> so that's a good thing because I never did either. But here I am. I'm on this product here, Blueprinted. We have another one coming out, Tipperosity, okay. which is a tip app for tipping and nice. being generous. So I never thought of that either. But what I want to do is I want to expose people that have never thought of that to the idea of possibly becoming a tech entrepreneur and teach them how to come up with tech ideas. And once you turn on this faucet, they'll they'll flow. And you just write them down, write them down, write them down, and you don't judge them. And then you bring those ideas to us and we help co-found companies for people like that. I love it. You know, if you're listening to this and you want more information on that, just reach out to me, DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn. I answer my DMs. And I'm looking for people that, you know, we want to make them tech co-founders that have never, never even thought of it before. It's amazing stories of how we can impact the world on that. So, but I'll talk to you more about that, Justin, as we go. Rocket fuel, Grant Cardone wrote the forward for the book, as you can see. And this is about converting setbacks to become unstoppable. I wrote the story. Some of the story I told you is in here among others and through story and through shares of my mentorship journey. I show people how to, you know, create the formula of unstoppability or being inexorable. It's important for everybody to be able to live the life that they really want to live and not be confined to everybody else's beliefs and, you know, restrictions. And so that's the reason that I wrote this book. And, you know, I'm not a literary genius by any means, but I just put my thoughts in here. It's very easy to read, gets right to the point. It's got a packs of punch and it's for anybody that that is tired of, living the way somebody else is telling them to live and they want to be unstoppable to having a great life.
0: Yeah. And I think everyone could probably use that. It doesn't matter at what point of life they're in. So that's great, man. Actually, it's funny because my wife, when I had mentioned, you know, having you on, she was like, wait, C-Rock, is that the one who wrote Rocket Fuel? And so she she was totally familiar with it. She's in the real estate game. And so she was like, yeah, I think he was in real estate, this and that. And so it it was kind of funny because then I started looking up. Yeah, yeah. So your name is here in our household for sure. I mean, I'm going to Address the elephant in the room. I mean, so Grant Cardone, obviously, not just anyone can hit him up and be like, "Bro, let's let's get into business together." I'm um, just curious if you don't mind sharing how you managed to either become friends or acquaintances, or how that relationship developed.
1: So it all started with me reading the 10x rule. My brother read it, and we, would lo- we just lost our step. My stepdad, my brother's brother, or my yeah. brother's dad, yeah. And we were going through a time where we were like, "Man, we lost our mentor." Man, you know, he was like a George was a great guy, and You know, George was real hard on us when we were kids, never hit us, but like he would just let you know if you were wrong and you need to be corrected, he would let you know about it. You know, he used to say, do right, do good, good happens, do bad, bad happens. Yeah. But he always taught us how to be respectful and, you know, appreciative of things. And well, in 2019, he died of a sudden heart attack coming out of the woods hunting, which is one of his favorite things to do. And we were searching, my brother and I were searching at that time. And when we were searching, he found that book. I read it. And I'm like, this dude sounds just like me. And I'm, I'm like, and my brother said the same thing. He's like, like, this guy's talking to me. I read it and I'm like, dude, I got to get involved with this. Like, I got to, is he got more? Does he have more information? Does he have more stuff? So I started looking and searching and then I got involved with his training that he has, Cardone University, he got my whole team on it. We had super success. We took it upon ourselves to take that content and be successful with it so that we could tell them about it. A lot of people buy things and they don't. They don't take it upon themselves to be you know, responsible, to be successful with it. They blame the person they buy it from if they don't have success. Of course. We, yeah. we approach it differently. So, And I'm just giving you the blueprint.
0: Yeah. As, no, this is great. That's exactly what I was looking for.
1: So I didn't know why I was doing this stuff. I just felt like I owed it to them to share the success and be a case study for their, their content. So absolutely, they would have sales meetings every single day, which they still do, and where they celebrate wins. And they would talk about our story and our success over and over and over again. And my name kept coming up, C-Rock, C-Rock. So I started building friendships inside the organization. They were great people. I want to be around those types of people. And I started making friends and I met Jared Glant, who's the president. And we went golfing and our wives and I, you know, us went to dinner one night. And I just, I like the dude, man. He's just a good dude. And he's the president of Cardone Enterprises. So any way I could help them, I always offered to help, give, 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 give. And I was writing the book Rocket Fuel. And as I was writing it, I'm like, dude, Grant's going to write the forward for this book. Now, I don't know if he ever wrote the forwards before. I don't know if he'd be willing to do it. I just knew I was going to get him to do it. So I told my team, as we're writing this book, we got to write a great book here because it's got to be something he'd be willing to put his name on. And so that helped us motivate us to get into action, get it done and do it right. And when it came time and the book was almost done, I called Jared up and I said, hey, you think Grant would write the forward for this book? And he's like, man, I don't know. I don't think he does that. And if he did, he wouldn't do it for free. I can tell you that because he values his time. And he knows his worth. And I'm like, great. We'll find out for me. Give me some details. Right. So did, and he ended up doing it and came back to me, said he'd be happy to, for you, to, you know, to write the book for you because you exemplify what we do, but it's going to be $75,000. And I said, what? <laughs> and for five minutes, I went through this thing. Like, are you kidding me? Like that 75000 you freaking nuts, this and that. But I was thinking wrong because he didn't owe me anything. He didn't of have course. to do it. Right. And, you know, I had the choice at that point. So- at first, I'm like, you know, I, I was committed though. Like when I say committed, I'm committed to something. I'm figuring this thing out.
0: Like, I'll figure this out. It's happening.
1: <laughs> so long story short, I was able to figure it out. I had my partners in the mortgage business that, that we partner on everything that we do together and we move forward with everything that we do outside of the mortgage thing. They all pitched in and we wired the money over and got the forward written. And so that shows commitment, right? Where your money and time go, and Grant says this all the time, where your money and time go is where you're committed. Yep. And where your attention will go and then where your money will follow. So if you get a $75,000 wire from some crazy guy, after you try to maybe even pawn it off, just like push it off, say, like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But if he, if he wants to pay me 75 grand, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the guy wires the money to you and says, let's roll. You know, that dude's either really freaking crazy or really committed. Or yep. both.
0: No, it, it grabs his attention one way or another.
1: Right. So at the time, man, I really, I knew I wasn't going to have book sales that were going to pay 75 grand. It's just not, it doesn't happen in books. Right? I didn't know there's no ROI there directly for sure on that, but I thought about, okay, this is going to create something in my mind. And by the way, this is, this is important for everybody to understand. If you're taking notes, you want to write this stuff down. <laughs> I knew that it would pull me forward into something that I was going to need to make up for that money. I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to make up for it somehow. Yep. So I started searching, 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 thinking to myself, like, how am I going to how am I going to make an impact enough for him? And then for me to be able to make money to pay for that and be also make it a return on it. So I got into tech. I met a guy long story on that one, but I met a guy named Jared Yellen and we co-founded blueprinted together. And he's the one with this tech incubator had this idea. And then I started thinking 10,000 tech companies, man, that's going to be like, that's crazy. I love that big thing, man, but I don't know how you're going to do it. I started (laughs) thinking, well, how could we do it? And then I started thinking about like, okay, well, who would be the best person on the planet for this to partner with us? And then I started thinking, let me introduce him to Grant and Jared, Jared first and then Grant. And so I texted Jared and I said, Hey man, you got to really, you got to meet my buddy, my partner in the tech company. If I'm going to make millions with them, I'm going to open it up for you guys to make multi-millions, maybe billions with it. Awesome. And he's like, all right, let's set up a call. And we set up a call and he's like, dude, I can't believe you're calling me on this right now because we're just, you know, starting to talk about something like, you know, doing getting into tech somehow. No
2: kidding.
1: It's all meant to be brother. So that's what I said to him. So then he set up the call. They hit it off. My partner's name's Jared too. They hit it off. And then Jared Glant, the president said, I got to get Grant involved with this. I got to see if he's willing to have a meeting. He was. Damn. Brought him in. Grant's eyes got this big. was like, you know, dude, this is something that I I mean, this is this aligns with everything that I'm doing. Let's roll. Yeah. No And so, so from there, that's how it happened, man. And I mean, look, dude, I want to blow this up with him, as, you know, much as possible i'm committed to this absolutely yeah so that's how it happened I'm no, just that, getting started though.
0: yeah it is right it's like you feel like you're about to you're like in a cannon about to just like shoot off in outer space and you know the whole thing right now like lfg to the moon and and i feel like you you're about to get there which is so cool and to hear the story and the evolution and i think one thing that's important to note is like like you said you just you have an idea and you you execute it's like i, I don't know you know what the outcome is but i know if i just keep making the right decision and go with my hunch and 70 like most of the time people are like 75 G's. Well, maybe I could invest it here and do this and that. I don't know if it's worth it, but if you have that sort of abundance mentality and mindset to where like, Hey, like I'll make like money's replaceable. Like I'll make that money back, but the opportunities in the, in the door that could possibly open if I spend the money right now, it makes sense. And so I, I can identify, but most people are like, instead of saving money and seeing what they could earn from doing that, they would rather be like, well, you know, it's going to come out of my savings or, well, if we spend that, we might not have money for something else. And so it's, I think a lot of, a lot of what you're sort of talking about is, is mindset and, and just overcoming, like, I guess, you know, the fear too, but-
1: Can I be honest with you for a second? Yeah. So when I first got involved with Grant and I heard all their stuff, I was like, just like anybody else, man, they're just trying to sell me. They're just trying to make money. They're just trying to sell me. They're just trying to sell me. And I would hear that all the time. Money yeah. is to be used for energy. Money is to be used for access. You got to buy access. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I was always like, man, dude, I mean, I got to, I work too hard for my money, man. Gotta, right. You know? And then I started realizing after I just immersed myself in it, like, and watching and observing other people and how they were doing things. I'm like, you know what? Screw it, dude. I've been broke before. Matter right. of fact, I came into this world, butt naked, not knowing how to talk, no money, <laughs> no clothes, nothing. Yeah. And I made it right. If I yeah. have to go back to that, if I have to go back to that, at least I know how to talk. I have the relationships I have. I have had experiences. And I'll figure it out faster than the first time. Exactly. This is the stuff that starts, it's powerful information because nobody, zero people have made it super successful without doing some of the things that I I just did that I talked about and giving something up, like giving things up in this case, money and, you know, the chance to get rejected.
0: Right. No. And and like you said, and that's what I talk about my wife, because she, she was typically very conservative. She was in accounting and she graduated with finance. And so she's, she's been very conservative on, you know, how she's, you know, saves and spends and this and that. And when she got in the real estate business, you know, it was all about like, she said, well, I'm just going to teach myself everything I need to know. And then she came across these coaching programs and they're like, oh, 20 G's here, 40 G's there. She's like, there's no way I can spend that like this and that. And, and I had to convince her and, and kind of change her mindset on the relationship with money. And then she's now like on board with it. And so Like, you know, I have friends that are like, oh, how is she doing so well or this and that? And but you got to be willing to spend money to to gain access. And it's like paying tuition. You know, sometimes it's real life tuition. You know what I mean? So.
1: Well, and you're not just paying for the time that those coaches give you at that moment. You're paying for the experience. Like for for me right now, I'm in the process right now of being able to make hundreds of millions of dollars, right? That money's not coming from what I'm going to be doing right now. It's coming from all the grind that I put in, all the stress that I had before, all the time that I had to put in before, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was underpaid, probably, (laughs) right? And now's the time to be paid and rewarded for that because I didn't quit. Yeah. So I'm not. And by the way, this isn't all about me. I'm just sharing these experiences for people to exemplify what needs to happen because I was in the shoes before. Where people, I would watch people and hear people and say, "Man, I can imagine getting to that. Like, wow, you know." Mm -hmm. But I'm doing this again. I could stop right now and I could just do my life like I've always done it and be very happy. I got a house on the water, a pool right here. That's being selfish and that's all about me. Sure. I just feel like there's an opportunity here to really make a big impact on this planet. So
0: right. So how would you say if you were to sort of dig down and let's say the tech company blows up, you achieve everything you want to achieve, but but what's the true purpose and passion and what brings you happy at the end of the day? Like what where does happiness lie with C-Rock?
1: So First of all, I believe in God and I believe we're put here with this unlimited potential, unlimited spiritual, intellectual potential to accomplish some things. We don't even have a clue how far we can take it. And so I get a kick out of one, proven that I've been given this blessing and everybody's been given something. You just got to, I want to show that I'm using it and I'm grateful for it. And by the way, I'm grateful for you having me on the show today. I mean, and the relationship that we could develop here. So appreciate that. Yeah. I just, I look at things that way and, and know that. I don't want to be you know, 80 years old one day looking back and saying, man, you made decisions that were stupid and did not help me out right now. You know, my <laughs> yeah. friend Glenn Lundy said this weekend, he said, if there's an 80 some year old man right now, there's some man out there that's your name, that's you. And he's sitting there and he has no abilities to be able to do anything, no power over anything except to pray that you make the right decisions, say the right things, do the right things. And you got to remember that every day. So- that's what it's all about. And at the end of the day, I get excited when I accomplish things that I say I'm going to do and people doubt me. Right.
0: right? So yeah. Tell me I can't and watch this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not just, not just this, but like, tell me I can't and I'll even like do it. 10X, 10 <laughs> times harder better than you think it is.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's great. And so how important is it for you to give? I mean, you've mentioned the word a few times is give and serve. Is that rewarding to you? And, and I mean, are you here to, to kind of serve and help others, you think? I mean, is that something that really kind of keeps you sort of grounded to be able to make sure that you're providing and giving back Absolutely, to man.
1: Absolutely. I went through that period of time where we had that money you know, disappear on us. And for a year, people were coming to me that we helped in the past, whether it was for charities or golf charity, golf tournaments or giving whatever they were for. And we couldn't, we couldn't give man. And that was one of the roughest parts of that whole thing was when people kept coming to us because we have given before. And I had to say no. Mm. And I just, I just vowed at that moment, like, dude, I'm never going to go into a situation again where I can't say yes, because, I know it's sometimes people get annoyed when people come back to you for more money after they've, you've given before in the past, but that's what they're, they're for They're charities. Right. Yeah. I just, man, I'd like to say yes to them. Like, yeah, let, let me cut a check for you. Yeah. Let me, where, where do you want me to wire money?
0: Right. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, so it rewarding. Feel, it feels good, dude. yeah no it it absolutely does yeah giving is the best feeling in the world i mean getting stuff things too that feels nice but i'm a giver not a receiver i do much better paying for lunch and having lunch paid for me just you know on a a small scale but nonetheless you know i certainly want to respect your time so i just have one last question more on a personal level you know you obviously got a lot of things going on your company podcast i mean building blueprint right yeah.
1: Blueprinted. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Blueprinted. So, so obviously it's, it's grind right from sun up to sundown and then eat some, but what's something about your daily routine or habits that, that contribute to your success and that kind of help keep you focused each and every day. Cause I mean, there's one thing to be motivated every day, and then there's another thing to be disciplined. So I'm going to ask you what keeps you disciplined every single day to then find that motivation.
1: Discipline comes from commitment. And when I say commitment, it's not half commitment, three quarter commitment. It's commitment, like burn the ships, committed, willing to go broke and start over again to get what you want. So I work out, I watch what I eat. I drink a lot of water. I read a lot. I write my goals down. I do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I make decisions based on my mission for where I want to go. Does it serve that? Or is it against it? And if it's against it, I cut it out. People, actions, thoughts, words, all these things have to go towards this way because I'm trying to flow in one direction. I don't want a salmon swimming upstream on me. Right. So what it comes down to is, are the things you're doing, thinking, saying the people that you have around you, are they serving your mission or are they going against it? And I, I'll tell you, to be honest with you, Justin, I get really agitated and irritated when things are going against me. And sometimes at the point where I feel bad sometimes, but it's like, no, nah, man, I'm committed to this and, and people don't want to be like a part of this. They got to exit. Right. I don't know if that's right. I just know that that's what it takes to really get what you want and be unstoppable to getting it. And so clarity I'll tell you this, clarity, having a clear vision, exactly what I want. Commitment to that clarity, that clear picture yep. and consistency. Yeah. No matter whether you feel like doing it, whether it's hard, do it anyway, because then you'll get a hundred percent participation from yourself. Cause you know, you're going to always do it when it's easy. And when you feel like it,
0: absolutely. No, that's great. And one last question I have is, what's something about yourself that not many people know about? I mean, I'm sure you've met a lot of people, but do you have any sort of hidden secrets or any hidden hobbies that or anything from the past that, you know, it kind of might make
1: people laugh if you were to tell them, but you never have. I'm pretty transparent. So I pretty much shared everything. And if not, it's in the book, I yeah. but I will tell you, I'll just tell it like it is like, I'm a huge dick when I don't get productivity, when I don't get what I want. Okay. I'm just being honest with you, man. Like, yeah, no, I want something so bad. And I know the, I know the root of it, like, and the intention of where I'm going to go and where I want to take people when I'm not getting those results. Like I just, I'm just agitated as hell, man. Yeah, And so like that, that's just something that being truthfully honest and people that are around me can see it and they don't want to be around me when it's, when it's not going well.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, you you know, and and I think that's good that you recognize that because I think a lot of people have blind spots and they don't recognize that they don't come to terms with who they really are. But if you can, if you can be, have a level of self-awareness to understand what works well with me, what doesn't, then you can formulate a team around that to be able to then say, okay, this is my strength, but where maybe am I lacking and let's build on that. And, and, and if you're transparent to where you, you hire people and say, look, this is how I'm laying out these expectations. So roll with me or get rolled over. Cause that's just how it's going to be. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I just lost a guy that, that was a young kid that I brought in under my wing and you know, he had ended up losing like 25 pounds over the first like six weeks and he was working out he was committed and he was making money. And all of a sudden just last week, dude, he rolls. You know, in the mortgage industry right now, there's people coming in, picking employees off and giving them big signing bonuses. Okay. And some of these guys, it's hard for them to turn down because they want that now. They want that instant gratification. They want that lump of money rather than, you know, building it up and being in a better situation. And, you know, I was irritated by that. But at the end of the day, like this guy was, he fell off the wagon. He wasn't taking care of himself as far as I fell off the wagon, wasn't taking care of himself like he was. Yep. And, you know, he wasn't doing as well as he could have been doing not, you know, being a leader, not being holding up expectations. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're either with us or against us. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And I just dealt with that recently. And it's like, I just don't understand people sometimes, Right. but it is what it is. And and we roll, we continue to roll. And by the way, when I said that I get irritated when I don't get my way, it's not like when I don't get my way, it's when I set my goals and targets on something and I have people with me to do that. And then they don't, they go against it. It's like, you can't see that we're not, we're, we're going against this. Like, what are you doing? That kind of thing. (laughs) That's
0: interesting though, in in business though. So, you know, as a founder or someone who's like emotionally, financially invested in something, how can you have the same expectations for the drive and the determination and the goal setting for someone who doesn't necessarily have a skin in the game that are just there to work, hopefully learn. Do you hold the same expectations for others as you do yourself? Even if they, if they're not part of owner in the company?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You can say all day that, well, they're not going to ever be as passionate as you. That's backing down off of your mission. You hear that all the time from people like, do you know, dude, they're not, they don't own the company. They're just working. Well, I don't want people to just work with me. Like, that's not what I want. I want people that are bought into a mission that will run through walls for me and I'll run through walls for them. And that's the relationship we have. And I'd rather be smaller and add one person at a time in that than have a big, giant company real fast and have people that are just showing up to work just to work and not passionate. That's a cop-out. That's what I would call an excuse for not making sure that your company has culture and alignment.
0: Mm, Yeah. No, then those are two huge words that we could probably go on for a long time. But again, I hope I didn't take up too much more of your time. No, you're good, man. Appreciate everything. This has been such a wonderful conversation, c And I'm going to ask, so what's the best way for people to reach out or to get to know more about the mission, everything you're doing? You don't have to spell it out. I can put all the links in the show notes, but just yeah, high yeah, level, yeah. where where are you at and how do people
1: connect? I'm on Clubhouse a lot speaking. So if you're on Clubhouse, if you're not on Clubhouse, get on Clubhouse, look and search and follow me. Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm, all, I'm everywhere, actually. I'm very, <laughs> very easy to get a hold of if you find any of those platforms and DM me. But I really want everybody to go to blueprinted, B-L-O-O printed.com. And put your email address in there so that you can keep up to date because you, everybody's going to want a blueprint. Everybody's going to need a blueprint. And this is going to be a huge industry disruptor in the coaching, training, consulting industries. And you know, I just want to impact everyone. So please go to that website and put your information in there. Let's get rolling.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to see everything evolve and who knows, maybe even be part of the journey. And for the OGGN family, I'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about some upcoming events.
2: Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for August 2021. This month, we have five events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting our monthly happy hour at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on August 26th. Our July happy hour was a hit, so if you weren't there for the last one, we hope to see you there this month. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts, network with other oil and gas industry professionals, all while enjoying great food and drinks. Other than OGGN's events, we have three in-person events and one hybrid in-person and online event. First up, we have our three in-person events. The first being OTC, or the Offshore Technology Conference, at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas, from August 16th to the 19th. Next, we have the IPAA Leaders in Industry Luncheon at the Petroleum Club of Houston on August 17th. And lastly, we have the 2021 Connected Plant Conference at the Renaissance Hotel in Austin, Texas, from August 30th to September 2nd. Other than our three in-person events, we have our hybrid event, which is NAPE, or the North American Prospect Expo. Now this summit is a hybrid event because it's both online and in-person. The in-person portion of the event will be from August 18th to the 20th at the George R. Brown Convention Center, while the online portion of the event is from August 9th to September 3rd. If you have any questions about these events or any podcasts within the Oil & Gas Global Network, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for August. I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in.
0: Awesome. Thanks. And that's a wrap for everyone out there. Always remember, when the density's up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next week for another episode of Oil & Gas Onshore, a production of Oil & Gas Global Network. For more information, visit OGGN.com.